What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Hey Ribbon of Middlecoff podcast is brought to you in part by LinkedIn. Hiring the right people is one of the best ways to help grow your business, but it shouldn't take time away from other priorities. And with LinkedIn jobs, it doesn't have to. Go to linkedin.com slash ham. Are we hiring Haberman? Not quite Maybe. yet. Maybe soon. LinkedIn jobs screens candidates with hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability, Guy, they look just beyond the resume. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. Guy, it's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds. If you, if you write a bull for eight seconds, you're a champion, right? Eight seconds, LinkedIn, and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering, delivering quality hires. I mean, you think about the Super Bowl, John, the Niners, the Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid's had to do it multiple times hiring offensive coaches. We're not far away. I don't know if you saw Robert Sala said no thank you to interviewing with Michigan State. But we're not far away from Kyle Shanahan having to interview somebody for a defensive coordinator job. And odds are it'll take longer than eight seconds. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit LinkedIn.com slash ham. Again, it's LinkedIn.com slash ham to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. You think LinkedIn found, uh, or you think Michigan State found Robert Sala on LinkedIn? Or just like other people you may know. <laughs> cool, let's interview him. Middle call! Hey, behaves! I know you said you wanted some music. Mix it up. New season, you know, post-football. Try something different. Are, are we going back to, like, 1983 here? You know I like this song? Peter Gabriel. I've always thought if I had a walkout, it might be this, like, baseball player walkout song. Pretty good. Also, it's Sledgehammer. I'm like, hammer? Sledgeham? Hammer? Sledgehammer? We're a sledgehammer, and we're ham. So. it's a good beat. Get you fired up yeah, for the I day, so. I looped it. 
Huh? <laughs> this is, this is, I, I see what you did. Uh, yeah! Are you you're on board with that? I, I'm way on board with that. Do we got to pay okay. him for the rights or we just use it? Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing about the internet streets. You know, until someone calls you out on it, you just keep doing whatever you're doing, right? I thought maybe if I sampled only 14 seconds of it and then looped it, that doesn't count. Yeah. And luckily, how old is Peter Gabriel? 65? I mean, sometimes they're, they're not super locked in. It's not like if that was Taylor well, Swift, we'd be all over it. Uh, but see, somebody's in charge of that because, like, uh, I saw an ad for, uh, you know, Valentine's Day is coming and there's a thing. It's like the Marilyn Monroe K Jewelers Collection. Whoa. Now, last I checked, Marilyn's been gone for a few years. Yeah. So it's like, let's just use her name now. Somebody's making money off her and somebody has the rights to her name and is making money on it wouldn't and you, as far as i know i don't think she had like kids yeah wouldn't you say that the last so music, somebody the last musician you'd want to use if you were trying to get away with something would be metallica because he'd be all over you like right lars lars it feels like every morning you know certain people have their routine like some people get up and stretch some people read the paper some people go for a jog some people drink their coffee like Lars the moment he gets up he's searching the internet for who's using his music for free yeah <laughs> Lars had my whole uh, freshman dorm terrified you know uh, I know god he was try- we just trying to download some music on Napster <laughs> I like some of your tunes man <laughs> so uh, alright here we are recording this on a Sunday it does feel like John and, and this is not just a Twitter thing I've run into some people we'll talk about you went to Pebble on Saturday this probably wasn't a huge topic of conversation Saturday at Pebble because the XFL started on Saturday, but I, I the XFL has had well, all the good football just, players guy are there, right? Like Rogers, Matt Ryan, like a ton of NFL player Peyton Manning, like they're there. Yeah, so they're not. Troy Aikman was at the XFL on Sunday. I saw. I do think that when you say it feels big, it is just on major channels. So if you're for sure, it's you're on flipping it's around part of their plan. I flipped yesterday Saturday morning before we left. I was like, oh, I was just going to peek at it because everyone was tweeting about it. I went to FS1. I'm like, God, it's not on FS1. Where are they putting this thing? It was on regular Fox. It's yeah. like, damn. It's clat. <laughs> yeah. And what's the game on right now? This is the first and one Brock I've seen Hewitt. on ESPN. They've been on ABC this morning. Yeah. And then Steve Levy and Greg McElroy had the ABC game on Saturday. So, well, there's no doubt. I mean, they, they unlike the AAF, which got, I remember that night we talked about it, people tweeting about it, and then it turned out, there were some, you know, all the medical issues, the money issues, and the visibility issues. Like the first games were on bigger channels. The money, right? the but money issue felt like the number one thing. They ran out of cash. They couldn't pay. They, this, the payroll didn't go through. Kind of like uh, the Dodgers. Yeah, th- this just had quite a bit more uh, lead time. I'm looking at Bob Stoops and Hal Mummy going head to head right now. Yeah, th- this. I'm going to be positive off the bat. Just one. I- I'm impressed. Which. I necessarily shouldn't be because Vince McMahon's running it, one of the great American businessmen of entertainment ever, right? I, I mean, I'm not even a big wrestling guy, and it's just no one can even argue that, what he's done with the WWE. He runs it. He's the CEO. You yeah. ever read things about him, like just how impressive he is? Like he's done every job in that company, still like is very prideful and passionate about it. Like he ain't lazy. And then factoring in just his vision, he's done this before, guy. So he has some idea what works, doesn't. That ha- that can't hurt. And then just their unlimited resources when it comes, like you said, money. And to me, the distribution channels are fucking game changers. If I'm just turning on ABC, because that's what I do on a Saturday when I'm bored, right? You're like, oh, what's... Because, you know, you're with someone, your brother, girlfriend, wife, 
friends. If you're sitting on the couch, you go, oh, what's on television today? If you're looking for sports, you usually go, oh, let's check out ABC, CBS, and Fox on a Saturday or Sunday, especially right. non-football season. You'll get a Michigan State game. You'll get a PGA golf tournament. And then you'll be like, oh, football. You just might click on it. And that was I, – I, I didn't quite realize that. I knew they had the big uh, – the big broadcast partners like Clat doing it and Kevin Burkhart, and they were they were not doing like the C team, like they were doing high level guys that would call the normal games. But seeing it on yeah, those channels, I didn't have a shot. In other words, <laughs> well, no, I, I I realized like yeah, I mean, if what are you going to do? I, I I text you today. Now maybe they simulcast the radio. It probably makes sense, right? That like Kevin Burkhart was not calling the XFL on radio; he was calling it on TV. Correct. This morning, right? Correct. Yeah. So then so they you just, were hearing it where I, I was hearing it on Fox Sports Radio. Kevin Burkhart. They were just doing the TV gotcha. copy. I would imagine. Okay. Yeah. But still, I, I was like Kevin Burkhart's. Co- I was like that. It feels pretty. He's like Matt McGloin drops back the pass. I'm like oh Matt McGloin. So yeah, it was that part was impressive. You had a no look. I I think because these have all failed, without exception, the. Uh, easy prediction is that it will fail and maybe it will. I don't know, but I think they're doing what we just, the way we saw the AAF just fail. They are obviously far more buttoned down in terms of having a professional organization. I saw our boy from the senior bowl. Nagy said that he was involved in the first XFL and this thing is uh, a much, much smoother, more professional operation. And if it lasts longer than the AAF does, then which isn't saying much, then um, it will definitely pass them too. What, I guess you make. They, they only got to go like another month. I mean, they're, well, the they're season's going. only two months. That's the other thing. Smart. You had a good idea. Like I was, and I was arguing with a buddy yesterday who who said that he thinks that big name head coaches is like a big way to get people to tune in. And I said, well, I think quarterback play is the number one thing you got to have. Now you're not going to get name quarterbacks. Was he saying? Was he saying they don't have enough big name head coaches? No, yet? no. He was saying that like he thinks you got to go. You got to just go June Jones, Bob Stoops. You got to get people that people have heard of to coach the teams. I agree. Um, but you also had the idea when we were texting on Saturday, even though you just said you agree to like. like what? No, get, like, I, I, no, no. I, I, mean, I mean, I agree. Like you need head coach. You need more too. But that is that to yeah. me is not the number one driver. But I, I do think that is a factor. Helps. I just think it can't look like. I know a lot of people say it's got to look like the NFL, but I, I think it it's got to look more like Big Twelve football when you flip it on, right? Kind of what the AFL was. You don't want it to be that crazy, and obviously they had a fifty yard field, but like I just I want you to. Your idea was like, what if you just got the best like high school coaches in the country and just said, hey, this is go. This is your proving ground. Whoever the next Gus Malzahn is. Like, go, go show everybody what you can do. Would that work? Yeah, I mean, I, the, here are some of my red flags. We were texting about this. Too much running. I, I, I'm not looking to, to watch a 34 power, you know, or gun runs. Like, I, I want bombs. I want passes. You're right. When you flipped, people forget the AAF when we were like in high, or the AFL when we were in high school and college, you would just sometimes like, I'm going to watch. And it was just crazy. You know, just deep bombs, crazy action, guys going into the into the side. You know how the uh, the out of bounds was basically the wall yeah, the that wall. was padded. Yeah. And looking back, it was like I mean na- that league lasted twenty years. Yeah, it was right? like Nagy At versus Gr- who would have thought it was like Nagy versus Gruden. You know, wheeling and dealing. But I, I I think there's just too much running from what I've seen. There is not like I, I'm not like you said looking to just watch normal plays. It works in the NFL because like oh they're running the ball to Saquon Barkley. 
Here it's like, oh, yeah, they're running the ball. And then they do a good job here. Like, this guy played for the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad for a couple years. Well, it's cool for a split second. Then you realize, well, this guy couldn't sniff the NFL relative to, like, Leonard Fournette or whatever. I don't want to see him running the ball. Now, I also, like, Dustin Fox, who played in the NFL, was tweeting about, like, the one thing good about this league, and this is true, that a lot of guys that get cut once it goes down to 53, it's really kind of subjective. Like, you think you know, you know, for those last five, six, ten spots, but you never truly know, and you probably get half of them wrong. And then the guy goes on practice squad, and they just kind of get lost in the shuffle. He may get claimed to another team, then he gets hurt, and he just kind of disappears. So this is an opportunity for a guy, I think a lot of guys, it's probably a higher level version of the AAF. I've just, I've watched a small amount, but it's clear, just the coaches, the funding. If you were an agent, you would want your guy, Marquette King, I'm looking up the TV as punting. Like, he punts well, guy. He will be in the NFL. Like, that's, that's going to happen. Now, a couple guys from the A, hell, the Brunskill for the Niners, but he had been in NFL camps. I, I think there are going to be a lot more of those guys here, but that, to me, doesn't sell. Like, I can you get... What a punt! What is that guy doing? <laughs> I don't know. What an idiot. What are you doing? I think he's saying he shoved him in or he touched it. I think he thought he touched it so he was going to score a touchdown. Marquette King's pissed. Listen to us live live watching XFL. So Marquette King, King just put like a 60-yard punt down at the half-yard line. You agree. If some he, dude came flying through and knocked it in the end How is Marquette King not in a training camp? Well, that's why I... Uh, I think he thinks it touched it, so he was going to score. It's a reflection of Marquette. I mean, here's that a, was... Here, here to me is the key, though, guy. You got a couple renegades out there right now. I think you got to be in the business of Antonio. Now, he's got to want to do this. But I think if you're Antonio Brown... Wouldn't you encourage him? You, this is yeah. I, I, honestly, if you just gave me three or four games, he would dominate. And here's the thing: when you're out of sight, out of mind, being an idiot, people are oh, he's an idiot. No one's gonna sign him, right? If all I'm seeing you is on social media, scream at your baby mama, no more white women, doing crazy stuff. It's like ah, it's it's an easy uh, yeah hard pass by the entire league. Even Sean Payton, who's probably like a top five open ended, open minded, we'll sign anybody to help us win was like, bro, that was insane when we brought him like seven people walking around with cameras. He was filming my conversations. But that all gets forgotten, guy, if you're like, Sean Payton's at home right now. Sunday, you know, are they three hours ahead? Seven o'clock in his mansion in New Orleans. And he says, oh, my God, this guy has seven catches for 375 years. It's like a high school kid. It'd be yeah. one of those where I, I you agree that if, an Alden Smith had like a seven sack game or Antonio Brown had a three or four touchdown game. All these coaches at home because the off season, it would be hard. Like, are they not talking about that tomorrow at the office? Yeah. I'm going to stop. So it's not just that. Those right? are the two names. Payton, Alden said he's cleaned up his life and Antonio wants but, to go back. In so eight, but a, Des, Des Bryant too. Like you see, he's making Sean, a comeback. But here's the difference. Here's the difference. This is why Antonio stands alone in this conversation. Sean Payton knows how good Antonio Brown is, but his owner has no interest in that. And Sean doesn't have any interest in that in terms from a discipline standpoint. But Sean knows how good A.B. is. The problem is that he knows it's not worth his headache because the media is going to be up his ass. A.B. is going to be a pain in the ass in the locker room. Like, if he goes to the mat for Antonio Brown, he's putting his ass in the jackpot, right? As, as the umpires <laughs> like to say. But... If A.B. goes balls out in front of his owner and all the Saints fans are watching or whatever fan base, the media is watching, all of a sudden, 
Your ass ain't in the jackpot. Because well, everyone's going like, look at this guy. Somebody needs to get this guy. Well, think about that. And it just changes the dynamic that the head coach. Now, Alden, I don't think any coaches think Alden's good. And Dez, I don't think coaches think Dez is good. But A.B., if you polled coaches right now and said, can Antonio Brown play in the NFL? It'd be, yes, they all think he can play yeah, in the NFL. Yeah. That's not the issue. Well, okay, I, that's a better example probably. Is that you put Antonio Brown in this game. He's playing for Stoops. He has just a couple remarkable plays. They go viral, too. You don't think tomorrow morning or maybe tonight, like Jeffrey Lurie texts Howie, like, man, do you see a B playing for the, the Dallas Renegades or the St. Louis Brewskies? And it's just one of those that gets the conversation started. Because right now, the only conversation for him specifically is like, Jesus Christ, did you see he, uh, he lit all of his ex-baby mama's clothes on fire and then threw them all in the pool. And he let taped me, the whole thing. Me, that's, that's, like so, the, that's the Antonio Brown story. Or, yeah, that's just what everybody... You know, let me he, ask you this. He took a baseball bat to the Rolls Royce that he so, bought her, and then, oh, this game is pretty good. What, what about, if to me, what would be really, like, what would take this league to the next level? Next level. What about a guy who's just finished up his senior year of college, is not invited to the Combine, is probably is like a borderline drafted quarterback. Maybe he's not a draft. If he's not going to the combine, then he might not be a drafted quarterback. You're is saying you go, realm, you ball, and then you go to like a third round? Yeah, is there any realm where like, I, just because I read this article about Snubs the other day, Tyler Huntley, Utah's quarterback, is not going to the Senior Bowl. I mean the combine. Uh, he went to the Senior Bowl. I don't, he's not going to the combine. Is there any realm where you as an agent would advise a client who just came out of college, let's go play in the XFL for two months? I would say... Or is that just too risky? On the first year, it's very risky. You don't know what it's going to look like. Let's say next year. This is a pretty good success. 50 guys get signed, and like, or you know, 10 of them become starters. I'll go even stronger than you. What if you're Jordan Love? You're like, you know, probably go in the second round. You're like, screw this. I'm just going to go play for Stoop's team, dominate, you know, bet on myself. And then all of a sudden I go top 20. Because you're like, well, look, I didn't have the yeah. talent. The that, problem is, like, if you're going to be a second-round quarterback, like, you just yeah, that, you don't that, put that, that might be a, right. That might be a little strong. Okay, let's say Jacob Eason, where you go, is someone really going to draft him that high? You probably end up going in the fifth round. What if you go to this and you look good? Now, the risk is always you look bad. Do they get a guy— right, and it's probably set up for you to look bad. To me, do they get a guy like a junior that wants to leave early and he just wants to play in this? I, the problem with football— is it's not like, if this was basketball, it'd be so easy, right? It's like, oh, let's go hoop. In football, yeah. it's like, we just saw a guy, when we, right before we hit record, that got an air cast. Like his, his career's probably yeah. over, you know? Yeah, at, at any moment, the risk of these games, just because at the end of the day, you are getting hit, weird spots, you got guys, and especially in this league, really, like it, it doesn't look your, like... How good's your old line? Yeah, and everyone's trying to make a mark, right? This is kind of their shot. Their agents, like every all the NFL teams are watching, and that's true. And I told you before we hit record also, I, I get sometimes like, you, you think you'll ever get into scouting? Well, one, I'm, I'm unhirable. If you just sc scrub my Twitter account for the last eight years of things I've said, basically about every team, the majority of you know players and general managers and the majority of coaches... Two, no, I have no desire at all. Uh, it just kind of happened. And three, when you're in the scouting world, like, this is your job. This is your job, guy. If you're a pro scout, you are keeping a very fucking close eye. Now, it's a little easier because you're going to know most of these players. That is, you know, it's not like, who is this guy? Like, all of these guys played in college. 
and the yeah. majority I just of them have this guy Pearsonell. Yeah, in the Nebraska. The majority of these guys too have been like on practice squad. So you just when I first got in the league, remember the UFL uh, mm-hmm. that had like the Sacramento Mountain Lions and a bunch of different yeah. teams. Well, like eight teams yeah, or six teams. Yeah, eight teams. But it was harder. Like there was there wasn't as many guys like this. Like there weren't as many Cardale Jones and Matt McGloin's and that. It was like Tyler Klutz, who Fresno State guy, for example, who didn't like when I in Philly, we did not have him. He wasn't in the database. <laughs> guy, when you're a senior, every person goes in the database. He never got a tryout or anything. Like he just went away after his college career. Then all of a sudden, he changes position. Yeah, he, he was doing a radio show with me. He made it to the NFL and guy. Real estate. How how long like was his NFL career? Years. Yeah, I mean at least six years. Howie Roseman says, John, we can't. We needed a fullback. He's like, I'm like Howie. I'm telling you, I everyone at Fresno State is laughing at this. He's not going to be in the NFL. He didn't just make the NFL. He ended up making the Bears, who were pretty good, and was like Jay Cutler starting fullback. Then he went to the Cowboys for Jason Garrett, and I'm pretty sure Zeke's rookie year, he was his lead blocker. That actually, it might have been a year before, like Demarco Murray. It might have been Demarco Murray. But he, this guy, didn't just play. That's the that's the thing about football. There are some diamonds, just because, not necessarily diamonds of people you don't know, but just a guy that doesn't get a shot because there just aren't that many shots. Especially now, you, have you read about this new CBA? Like, they're probably only going to be a couple preseason games moving forward. Like, that's even less opportunity for these guys. Right? This is yeah. th- these guys, they need the preseason. That is their only shot. And the preseason games go away. You could argue that's where these leagues d- maybe do play a role. Yeah. Do you know what Saturday was? Uh, Saturday was the two year anniversary, February 8th, 2018, the two year anniversary of Jimmy Garoppolo signing his 49ers contract. Wow. I didn't know. That's good. That's good knowledge, guy. Um, As our and, old friend Gary Radish would say. <laughs> That's good knowledge. So uh, I think it's pretty clear now, two years removed, a contract that was debated a lot. I think we can say definitively, and we probably could have said it definitively uh, several months ago, but that was a good contract. By this, That was a contract with good foresight, and it worked out really well. And now because the 49ers did that contract, they are in a fantastic position with their quarterback, who I mentioned in the press conference. Kyle Shanahan said this about the other day. Jimmy's one of the main reasons we got to the Super Bowl. I think he overcame a lot. This is his first year in his career going through an entire NFL season. Um, so, I mean, he still doesn't have as many starts and stuff as Baker Mayfield. Um, so it's, I think he had a hell of a first year um, truly playing the position, um, especially coming off, off an ACL. Um, where you have to fight through that a ton as a quarterback, where you're not your rhythm and everything is not there at the beginning of the year, and for him to be like that and to not let the pressure get to him and to improve as the year went, uh, I think says a ton about Jimmy. And um, I can't tell you how much I loved coaching the guy as a player and as a person this year. Upping his value for trade bait or s- sincerity? <laughs> I think sincerity. No, I do too. You know. I was thinking when Kyle was talking, and this is, I mean, we're going to need some offseason topics. He is going to be, regardless of how well this season went, and I, I think we've already forgotten about the New Orleans game, which was probably the game of the year where he was, had his greatest moment as a pro, right? Outdueling Drew Brees in a game that ended up being essentially for the number one seed. Now, I know they ended up playing a number one seed game week 17, but at that time, they lose that game. 
they would have been 12 and four and you know the Saints would have had the seed they would have been the one seed it would have it would have had dramatic implications on the seeding of the playoffs his LA game remember when he hit multiple third and longs and then the Seattle game which everyone forgets about because uh the Dan Buns play by Dre Greenlaw to basically yeah. get him the number one seed. It's I, I don't remember many things like box scores in life, but that one, 18 or 22 in that game for, I think, 275. Like, he was brilliant. Like, in that level of game to go 18 of 22, like, that, that's remarkable level of play. And I get – I'm not trying to act like Seattle's the 85 Bears, but up there, given what was on the line. Now, the playoffs were forgettable. Is that fair to say? Even though, like, I, I do think, at one point in time, do you know in the Super Bowl he was 12 or 13 at one point in time? Yeah, he's, he, he um, the fourth quarter really was, was statistically bad. Changed his whole deal. But it's, it's going to be a polarizing, like, he's going to be a polarizing, when you say he's a top five polarizing player in the NFL right now, because people are like, well, how good is he? Not that he's even yeah. overpaid, because, like, the contract's fine. If he was a free agent right now, like, he would get way more money than he signed for, correct? Yeah. What would the, so the Niners are going to pay him twenty four million dollars basically. His, his cap hits twenty six this year, twenty six six. Next year twenty six nine, and the next year twenty seven. Those are his cap hits. If if they were in a position to have to tag him, like right now, what would he get? Would he get? I mean, I won't call. I'll call that three for seventy five. Whatever. Yeah, almost eighty. Call it three for eighty. How would he not get more than that guy? I mean, Cousins got three for eighty-five, and I think we'd all agree that he's a better playmaker than Cousins, younger than Cousins. Feels like he has a higher upside than Cousins. Now, less starts than Baker Mayfield, John. Well, but I think he has less starts than all those type guys than Baker Mayfield. I just love the Kyle. Set. You just don't hear coaches just use other players' names like that unless well, it's like super complimentary. Don't you think it's like on the tip of their tongue? Like, look at they drafted Baker Mayfield number one. This guy's better, right? They're having those conversations. Like he wouldn't it must just, be. Why would yeah. he randomly say that name? Because I don't even think he's, like you said, you don't hear coaches say random players' names. I don't even think he was conscious of it. Like, he probably had the conversation through at this year or, or last week or whatever, and that's why that name was on top of his head. Because that's not random to me. I mean, it's random. Like, I don't think he, if he could, he didn't mean to say it, and I don't even think he cares. But, like, saying that name. Like, were they talking shit about him in, the, in like, a team meeting? About Baker, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I I think the key guy is he's just going to have to get better. And the thing with Jimmy, we won't necessarily know till they start playing games. Now, they, they can do a better job, too. Like, And this will be a conversation as we go to free agency and definitely the draft of they need to get another guy to go with Debo, right? Debo, Kittle, and they just need, like, their – I'm just using a random name here, like an Alshon Jeffrey. I'm uh, not you him. A, you need like a. Does it have? Can it? Can it Crab, be like Crab, Emmanuel Cr- Sanders? Crabtree when the Raiders got him. Yeah, I just think you just need another legitimate NFL wide receiver. Not but I mean, like, can it be Emmanuel Sanders? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like the 32 year old. I think it's kind of risky, even though I like him. Now I'd bring him back if I brought him right. back at like one year five. I don't know how. I have no clue how much money he's going to get. I have to text around the league. I I haven't even really thought about it. Like is Emmanuel that Sanders low though? What would you say if you had to guess, like two twenty type deal, like ten ten a year? Yeah, I mean Iguodala just got thirty. So, <laughs> well, Mark. Spe- yeah, I Mark, was gonna. Mark I, Spears called him a hero. I was gonna say, like, you know, my first reaction was like one twelve. 
Yeah. So, so maybe, yeah. I, so maybe I, I, I can't, I can't pay Emmanuel Sanders one twelve on the Niners. Give it to everyone else. I have to pay. Like I, I can't do that. I'd rather just find a guy. Maybe I could trade for that was like a seventeen that was worth it, or mm-hmm. draft a guy really high. I, I got to do one of those two. I, I can't find in the middle. I, I need to get Debo his partner, like a partner he can grow with. Whether I can trade for that guy, I don't know. Right. You never know. Like Stephon Diggs might be available. Like, would you trade? Pick 31 for Stefan Diggs. Yeah. So they do something like that. Without looking at his contract, yeah. I mean, he makes, I mean, I think he's like a $14, 15000000 million a year. Like, he's under contract. That's another thing that's a positive. I'd happily pay him. Yeah. Can you get him now, for that, then? I'd happily. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a different cat, but. I know. I'll, I'll give you one. Like, you made the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. To me, that's immediately a success, right? For I'm not trying to, like, crush the guy. And it's not all his fault. But, like, has Derek Carr's contract post the broken ankle in the year they made the playoffs been a failure? Just given how bad they've been? Or is it like there's been so much random shit it's hard to pin it all on him? Well, I do agree that it, there's been so much random shit it's hard to pin, pin it all on him. But when they paid him that contract, it's franchise quarterback money. And we don't know that he's their franchise quarterback. So by that measure, I guess it's been a failure. But I think when you draft a guy in the second round and he looks well worth it, you just... I don't know. This is just what you. This is just what happens with quarterbacks. I don't even. It's just what you have to do. But I'd say like one thing with Derek. Remember when they paid him? He was coming off a year like Carson Wentz, where they both almost won the MVPs, and both of them got hurt. Who knows which one of them would have won it? But one of those two guys were going to win the MVP. Who I don't even remember. I think Brady ended up winning it that year. But it was like Derek Good and Car- Derek and Carr and and Carson were kicking ass and taking names that year, and then they both got hurt. And Carson's kind of battled back now. Everyone's like, okay, he's kind of coming back into his own. Derek, you'd say, well, he just hasn't been worth the money. Jimmy, but because when you signed him, the the, the ceiling was so high. I, I feel like when Jimmy signed his deal, there were a lot of people, not just like media hot takes. I, I do think it was valid to be like, God damn, that's a pretty big risk for a guy that hasn't played. It was risky. Now, I, I, I was 100% behind the risk. I think it's already been proven out just given – how just basic credible, like just how credible of a normal quarterback he is. He has his flaws, he has his ups, has his downs, but they, he's right. We would not have been in the Super Bowl, given I'm talking for Kyle, not me, we, but they, they just, if I, I tweeted this after like Jimmy was getting crushed in the Packer game. It's weird. I, I don't remember a, a playoff win that was as easy of a win. I mean, they kicked the shit out of the Packers, and Jimmy did kind of like God. Did he do anything? And he, and I think part of it also was like the Minnesota game. He didn't look great. I think he's just shaking a lot of people's minds. Not, I think even Niner fans, like you talk to him, I think people are bullish, but like soft bullish. Not like, yeah. I, I think the days of that five week run, and even like the, the, the Saints game is a good example. Everyone's seen his high and they know it's really good. But I think people go, God, is, he can do some crazy bad stuff. So the, the days of him like, if he's anything, he's probably going to be more like Jeff Garcia than he's ever going to be Steve Young, right? But he's not like Kaepernick was much more like a true flash in the pan because he wasn't like I. And Jeff Garcia was made like four Pro Bowls, so yeah. You're watching my face as I'm about to say. Uh, I think he's going to be better, but no, that's fair. Jeff Garcia was making that's the playoffs. Fair. I do every think year. you're right. I do think you're right about um, my, my my point. About probably a, be- a better right a better Garcia, different type Garcia. 
I met Jeff Garcia at the Super Bowl. He's actually bigger than you think. I was like, God, this guy. I remember him. He's, thinking, been, he's gotten. He's still lifting. But I just mean height. Seriously. I just remember watching him for the 49ers thing. Like, this guy like 5'10". And you meet him, you're like, yeah, that guy's 6'2 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he played in the NFL for 10 years for a reason. Not a midget. But I, but I do think you're right. I, I do think. But uh, in terms of just the way people view it. And I think you hear from Kyle there. That any conversation about finding another quarterback is, is on hold. I mean, that's not a conversation they're having right now. Um, and part of the reason is that he showed a lot of promise. And part of the reason is that they, were, they invested money in him, and rightly so, and they've, pro- they've been proven right on that contract. Yeah. And they can move on. And they, they, it's going to cost them, if they want to move on after next year, it'll cost them $2.8 million. Well, you know, cap. you know, like when Bryce Harper or Manny Machado signs, and it's like, yeah, they signed a 13-year deal with opt-outs, player opt-outs every other year. You're like, oh, that's fucking the best player deal I've ever seen. The shittiest deal for the team. The NFL is the opposite, where once you get past the ever the signing bonuses, it's like, yeah, it's basically a team option for the next six years or whatever. What is it? Three more years after this? Three more. No, well, this year and. Cl- and then two after that, so three more years from now. So you feel pretty good about having a guy under a team-friendly deal where you're in control. It goes weird, I can get rid of you. You start outplaying your contract, well, we can just wait a little bit, you know? Because yeah. we, yeah. we also took care of you when we we didn't totally have to, right? They could have franchised him. Like, they did do him a solid. Now, you could argue he kind of, it just... It's just business. Like he was I just think it in was the just position. A, yeah, and I think it was just the right thing for them to do in terms of their, their own financials. I agree. And it paid off. Now, at the time, yeah. remember, it was like, God, they gave him $70 million guaranteed. It was, again, you and I, I feel like weren't normal. Like our take on that was a little more measured where a lot of people thought it was crazy. And I'm talking just like, like normal media people. Then, yeah. yeah, I yep. think a lot of people just norm, non-hot take media were just like, damn, that's what, bold. What can I say? I mean, we, we're a couple of just Brett Veach level uh, scouts, you know? <laughs> we are. But I'll tell you, like, we, I don't always th- like, I like Nick Foles a lot. I think he's an incredible human being. And his story, winning the Super Bowl was great. But I thought last year giving him $50 million guaranteed is one of the craziest, stupidest contracts I've ever seen in NFL history, guy. And I think that was one on like the media. is like, oh, the Jaguars got Foles. Like, are we watching the same? I love Nick Foles. I root for him. I would like to be a friend of his. I'd like him to be my neighbor. Hopefully my kids are on his kid's team because his kids probably be pretty good. Under no circumstances, guy, in what world were you paying him $50 million? That was insanity, was it not? Especially because it was a... Trade? No, remember how he just like they, no they let oh, how, him out. how he let they, him go they That's let right. him go and they just made him a true free agent but it was like where was he really gonna go it's like who were you bidding against like couldn't you have got him for like two years thirty million or you know I don't know what would he have gotten paid if Andrew Luck had retired right after the season and the Colts were out there. Well, like to me, that would have become a see, real because I think well, but that's where like I think Chris Bow. Oh, you're right, Frank Reich knows him pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. That might have been a problem. I, like, to me, I wouldn't be surprised to see him there now, this year. Yeah, but, I mean, what the hell's the difference with those two guys? Foles may be a little better, but is he really? I don't know. I'm I not, think he is, but I, I just I, think if you – can you roll – but the question is just as simple as, like, can you roll Jacoby back if you're the Colts? Well, you're kind of stuck because they had to do – you know, it's the classic, well – you can't let the locker room know he's making $2 million, so we got to give him $20 million a year. It's like, do you really? I mean, I think the locker room could pay other guys. Like, they'll, they'll figure it out. 
they gave him just that money. Well, we got to pay him because he's going to be our starting quarterback. And it's like, what? It's one of those where, yeah, I think we're going to fire this coach, but he can't be in a lame duck season, so let's just give him the extra year. What You then fire right. him, and then you just own the extra year because he can't just be in a lame duck year? Now, maybe that stuff does matter, and maybe like the media acts like it doesn't. Maybe that hurt Jason Garrett, like in theory, when you knew like this is guy's going to get fired. I, I, I tend to agree it doesn't. Is, I, I think that stuff gets overplayed a little bit. And I, the Jacoby thing was, again, it, you know, you don't probably make the best decisions after something traumatic happens in your life in general. And the Colts were clearly shell-shocked, right? Like, what? He's just gone? He's like, I'm out. But that, that to me, that might be dumber than what the Jaguars did with Foles. You just gave him a free $30 million? Like you, you he were, was not a free agent. He was not a free agent. He, everyone liked him. He was going to, like, nothing changed with his play. Like, he's still going to work just as hard. Make him earn it. That was crazy. Yeah. Honestly, if you wanted to incentivize him, like, hey, we make the playoffs, you get an, immediate, like, an enormous bump, like $8 million or something. Like, Richard Sherman's time, like, 10. You get mm-hmm. us to the playoffs, we'll give you $20 million. You don't, though. You're just getting your two. And we still like you. Right. Uh, All right, John, before we move on, let's tell the people this podcast is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the best in below-the-belt grooming, precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped.com, code HAM, get you 20% off and free shipping. Guy, you and I were both sent the new 3.0. It is a badass little machine. Like the 2.0, no nicks, no cuts, full body trimming. For those of us that, you know, you're blessed. You got a lot of hair on your head. I just have hair in basically every other crevice of my body. And uh, I think it's growing on my back at rapid speeds now. Obviously on my butt, uh, the balls, clearly. And you just got to keep it all trimmed. And the great part with 3.0, no nicks, no cuts. USB charger, really, it's like iPhone or the Manscaped. I mean, you can do either lawnmower 3.0 or my iPad. You just rotate them in and out and uh, charge them up and, and you just shave away. It's great. I love my Manscaped uh, lawnmower. Manscaped also has the crop preserver, the anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. So you get 20% off. You get free shipping. You support the podcast. You make your life, your quality of life improves when you go to manscaped.com and you use the code HAM. Code 20% HAM. 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com, code HAM. So after you've freshened up, you're getting ready, then you throw on your untuck it shirt. And now you're ready for big things ahead. Now you're ready for the VIP at the Pro-Am AT&T Pebble Beach. Yep. Traditional button-ups look long. They look baggy. They were never worn, meant to be worn untucked. But untuck, it's different. A modern solution for an old problem. No matter your size, your shape, the perfect untucked length. Got untuckit.com, promo code HAM, get 20% off. I got button-ups. I actually wore the red collared shirt. Of course uh, you did. That... Yesterday at the Pro-Am, which I also wore to my Thanksgiving dinner, which I took a picture, and my mom used it for a Christmas card. So Untucket's got a lot of free pub on top of the pub they've played for with me. Love Untucket. Again, jeans. Not, not, they have a lot of different stuff. Obviously, the button-ups are the go-to, uh, but the collared shirts are nice. They're, they're great, and we love them. Big partners of this, the podcast, Untucket.com, promo code HAM. 20% off your first order. 20% off. How do you beat that? Untucket.com, promo code HAM. I walk by their store all the time on Union Street. They've got 50 nationwide, and I just always new stuff in there. Always pop in, check it out. 
So go uh, go do it. All right. Speaking of new stuff, I don't know if you saw the uh, D'Angelo Russell's not going to play yet for the Timberwolves. But I appreciate the Warriors, John. None of this. We acquired a guy. We'll see him in a week and a half. They got Andrew Wiggins, and he was on the court within 24 hours, like meeting people as he went. People, Steph whispering plays in his ear uh, on national TV on Saturday night against the Lakers. And he looked good, man. I, I, I'll tell you this. It's early, but because he's got four years of 30 million per left on his deal, we got time. Um, I did have a better just first impression watching him. Well, than th- this, this, this year is prorated. So you got three more years after this. Okay. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I, I, I don't know exactly how the contract terms, maybe you only owe 12 of this season. Yeah, the, the, the remaining 90 or whatever, yes. It's, uh, it's staring you in the face. <laughs> I just think that there is, it is, to me, I don't, I don't know how, gra- how great of a fit it will be, but from a style fit and clearly just a little bit of a personality fit, it's just a better fit for the Warriors. And I do love the idea, just this team is going to need high-end talent as it gets older. Um, and the other talent they find is going to have to get cheaper. But I like it, man. Like, I I didn't mind. I, I thought it was kind of – it gave me a reason to watch the game on Saturday night, which it's yeah. a short-term fix, but <laughs> I appreciated it. To, to me, it's a massive upgrade over D'Angelo Russell from a viewing perspective. I despised watching him. You know who else despised watching him and coaching him? Steve Kerr. He couldn't even Steve hide Kerr. it. He couldn't hide it. He couldn't. Bob Myers, listen – I tweeted some things, and people were like, Middlecoff, why are you being such a negative Nancy? Like, Bob Myers is a fantastic human being. Probably a better human being than me. But him coming out, guy, and going immediately to, like, the people side. Like, Bob, I get maybe Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson. Clearly, they like those two guys, and they didn't want to move them, but they kind of had to for the, you know, the tax. I get it, and so I get it. And Steve loved them, didn't want to lose them. But we can't act like there's a human side to this. The day after you traded for D'Angelo Russell, Mark Stein, who's pretty locked into your organization, tweets, they're going to trade his ass. And that's the way I read his tweet. He didn't say that specifically. But it was like, it started within 24 hours of the acquisition. You can't pretend you treated him like an asset. And you know what? You should. It's okay. It's, it's, as John Hamm would say, that's why they paid D'Angelo Russell $118 million. The other thing is, guy... I don't feel bad for D'Angelo Russell getting treated like an asset. He did the sign-in trade because if he would have left to go to Minnesota, he would have signed a deal much less, a lot smaller. Right? Part of the sign-in trade, the Warriors could pay him as is if he was on their team. So he got more money. It was worth it for him. But here's the other thing that I think I was texting with our buddy, uh, and John, Dick, John Dickinson. He had a good point. Marcus Sometimes when, when, when oh. you're a... Uh, when you're a soft-spoken NBA player, like a lot of NBA guys, like your stars, your stars, and then there's the group of guys that are probably a little too cocky, but I do understand, like, you got to be cocky in the NBA, but their cocky levels don't equal their play, but it is what it is, and I think D'Angelo Russell's, like, when D'Angelo Russell walks onto a court, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, and Jimmy Butler could also be on the court. D'Angelo Russell probably deep down thinks he's the best guy there. <laughs> Seriously, even Steph would go, yeah, I'm, this guy does this better than me. I do this better than this. Like, he could have a measured response. I think D'Angelo would deep down go, yeah, I'm the best player. And I think a lot of NBA players think like that. And I don't even necessarily blame them. I think a lot of pro athletes have to think like that. But to, to be like a starter, baseball, basketball, or football. You kind of got to be nuts. I think Andrew Wiggins is not like that at all. Like, if you hear and read some of his quotes, 
like most employees in a business or in a company, they just kind of do what they're told and they just want to go along with the flow. Well, in pro sports, once you get a huge contract, people expect you to be like the guy, you know, like Moses leading you through the the split the parted seas. That's just how you're viewed when you get a max contract. In ba- like Bryce Harper, like Bryce Harper sucks. Well, no, he kind of just did last year what he's been doing the last couple of years. It's just he makes three hundred thirty million or Machado or whoever. But we look at those guys different. Like you saw him last night. I, I thought his quote, Anthony Slater tweeted out, like, "Listen, man, losing sucks." You feel the winning culture here. The irony is the Warriors suck right now, but you just feel they're, he's like they're winners. And yeah. he just, I think he's just going to be go with the flow guy. If you're go with the flow guy and I put you in Enron or you know some corrupt business, you're going to end up in trouble. But if I put you like, you know, running uh, Google or Facebook, you'd probably be okay, right? You just, it depends where you are, especially in sports. If I put you on the Timberwolves, or I put you on the Miami Heat or the Golden State Warriors, I'm more than likely going to get the best out of you. Especially when you think about him, young guy, comes in the league with minimal one, but you know, eight months of college experience. High school highlights were incredible. I saw him tweeted on my timeline. Oh my God. He goes to a historically awful franchise, doesn't really have much semblance of like veteran leadership around him. Um, well, I guess first he gets he gets drafted by the... He, he's a... Cleveland Cavalier for like 10 minutes remember that that was a little weird I mean that could be a little traumatic who knows maybe if he plays with LeBron it's he's viewed differently here early in his career but um I think one thing is clear you cannot you you had to be not you have to be nuts not to revere Steph and revere Draymond and revere Clay um and so you know, here's a guy who's really talented, but there's no like debate what his role is going to be. There's no like sitting in the meeting to find out how I get my 20 tonight. Like you don't speak up in that meeting when you go through the list. And it's like, all right, remember, Andrew, we need like 13 from you and you're going to have to defend LeBron tonight. Like that's what you're here for if you want to be a part of this. It's pretty black and white. So and I think the most important thing is just from a talent standpoint, he can just do what they need somebody to do <laughs> on the most basic level. They just need somebody to do some of the stuff he does. He is really, I think he right is really about, talented, right? I mean, there's no... He's super talented. I just watch the but highlights, I, I, but I, I've it, watched By the way, as it relates to Bob, like, Bob, like, to me, Bob's not talking to Twitter. Bob's talking to other players when he makes those comments. Uh, I know. He's I talking know. to the agents of players when he makes those comments. It's like, so cheesy I do that you'd have to do that crap, but I get it. But it's just it. part of the deal, and you yeah, need some... Is. Like, you either do it or you don't, and you need somebody that can do it. Like, because Steve, like, you know, Popovich, like, these guys, some guys just, it's not in them. I don't blame him. He can't even fake it. But guy. he could. Steve could not might, even fake it. And and for Bob's perspective, like he probably had some good interactions with with D'Angelo. He might not be faking it. He's like Steve. I get it. Just hang in there, Steve. I'll get him traded. But you, I don't know if you saw when Wiggins showed up. Like he went. They took him into the locker room, showed him his locker. He's arriving at the Chase Center. He's not arriving at Oracle. Yeah. So he just walked into what looks like is that what Kirk, is that what Kirk Lagab and Kent Kalena picked him up? Did you see that? Kalena picked yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that video that I saw. It. <laughs> yeah, Kalena talking to him. He had the kid with him. Yeah, it was pretty so cool. you agree? I, he's just kind yeah, of soft spoken, likable. Kind of. Yeah. Like, now that like said, Vin, yeah. Now that doesn't mean he's been trying on defense and has been miscast. I don't know. We'll see. But the good news is he doesn't have to score twenty two next year, so you can you know redirect some of that energy. I I also think like D'Angelo Russell. You're right. I mean, I, I saw metrically that they, they were like both ranked as two of the worst defensive players in the entire league. But it feels like D'Angelo doesn't want to do it. Like, it does feel this guy has it in him. I also think it's more difficult when 
two things going. Like to me, Kerr, despite like he will just be pretty blunt. Don't you think he's kind of perfect for underachievers or just anyone because he's not a yeller or a screamer. Like he's not Bill Parcells or anything as a, you know Pat Riley. He's really more of like a positive uplifter, and I think that's why a lot of guys have resurrected their career because he's kind of like a if he thinks you're talented. And I think Draymond is a lot like him. He's just a little more aggressive. But they're kind yeah. of, if they think you're worthy, they will hold your hand and try to take you with them. And then when you factor in, are Steph and Clay the two easiest teammate tandem star player in like NBA history? Just, you just play. You just like, like you said, well, on the hierarchy of getting shots, the Warriors don't even think like that. It's like if he's hot, they'll pass him the ball. Like they don't even, they don't even give a fuck. They don't care. It's not like, well, Steph, no, no one has to get anything. They just want, they'll just win. They're, they're winners. Where it's like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has to get his 30 and 10, and we're going to lose by 15, and then he's going to say that, you know, getting D'Angelo, you know, this is going to make me want to stay. Guy, when, he, when I saw on Twitter that he said, this is going to make me want to stay, I almost puked in my mouth, though I was expecting that comment. He's in year one of a five-year, $170 million deal. He's in year one of a, it's like, what the fuck are you, t- you're going to stay, you're under contract for five fucking more years. You've never made the playoffs without Jimmy Butler throttling you and Wiggins, in fairness, with the seven, uh, uh, the equipment guy and two other managers. He beat your ass in practice. That's the only thing I know about you that anything has ever happened. Otherwise, you're a loser. And Wiggins is, in fairness, like Wiggins is associated with that. But my theory guy, I don't know this. And I, I could be wrong. Jimmy Butler hated Carl Anthony Towns more than he hated Wiggins. That's just going to be a guess of mine. I'm not saying he liked Wiggins, but I think he hated Carl Anthony Towns the most first. I think he's a loser guy. A loser. Like his mentality. Just, yeah. He's just a loser mentality. Like that comment is a joke. Like, bro, if, if like James Harden wanted to say something like that or LeBron, Carl Anthony Towns, you're, you're a loser. Like, you're just, what are you talking about? That, that's that's a basketball branding problem. Like, they got... Stop talking. Like, you guys are under contract making... Here's another thing I want to rebrand the NBA. This is their go-to. You know, just learning this is a business. Can we add lucrative business to it? Like, when I see, like, you and me have a business with a podcast. Like, the deli shop's a business. The NBA ain't your fucking business. It's a multi-million dollar, billion dollar cycle of just lucrative wealth. It's a lucrative business. I'm going to start... I just found out, yeah, this is a lucrative business. That's how they should say when they, yeah. when they, when they talk about their brand or their business. Because a business, right. like that's like the deli worker. Like I, just, I learned I had to cut down on the turkey. This is a business. Like, yeah, that's, that's a comment. Not Carl Anthony Towns is like, I've just learned this is a business. Bro, you signed a $170 million contract. I feel like dog right now. But that was, I, I was going nuts. I mean, that was, I, I would imagine, I didn't even quote the tweet because I know not that many people care. But that, that comment was... Egregious. I mean, beyond over the top. I don't. Did well, you that see it? plus when when you when D'Angelo Russell is the reason that the Warriors, the Warriors were just like, yeah, this is not a fit. Publicly, this was not a fit. Steph hasn't been playing this year, so it wasn't a not. Well, it wasn't that he didn't wasn't it, fit with Steph. In fairness, Bob kind of refused. Only Steve said that. Thank God, or we wouldn't have known that. They would have been but, like, but well, my we point is the like, guy. yeah, but but it's irrelevant to me. Like the yeah. guy that the Warriors just said is not a fit is the guy that. Uh, I mean, after that, if I'm the Timberwolves, I'm like, should we trade this guy? Well, they the have guy to because the guy was going to threaten to leave. I don't know where he's going to go. But I'm saying, shouldn't maybe they should trade him. Trade who? Carl Anthony Towns. Well, no shit. 
the guy who's threatening to leave in the first year of his five-year deal and the guy who thinks D'Angelo Russell is the solution. Well, guy, bad for Maybe him. you should trade that guy. Bad for that's what I would. That's what yeah, I would have said right. to the Timberwolves. It's like, maybe you should trade this guy. I would agree. But bad to for the an- Knicks ba- for ba- multiple ones. Bad franchises keep him. They add D'Angelo Russell so, and they lose for the next four years. Yeah. By the way, I do think there's something to, like, why do, the, why do underachievers? I think there's something to, you just want, when you play with Steph Curry and when you play with that group of guys, you... Like, you see guys giving their best, and they're the best players. You want to, if you have the right mindset, you want to impress them. Yeah, just, It's not I, even that you're playing to impress them. You just, the standard is, this, you know, it's just so clear. If he, I'll say so. this. If he is good, and I don't mean he'll never live up to the number one hype more than likely, but if he just becomes like a high-end starter for them, more than likely to D'Angelo, Carl Anthony Town, they're going to lose a lot. The Warriors are going to look like geniuses again. If they just yeah. Wiggins is just like next year they're a fifty-five win team and Wiggins is just a legit player and averages eighteen and eight because I, I just how about code, I don't I don't see how he's gonna fail guy. How about code breakers? <laughs> that was my favorite article of the weekend. The uh, Astros article it, we it made it like the initial investigations made it seem like it was all players, and then there was the article in the Wall Street Journal an email via Rob Manfred. To um, Jeff Lunau, Lunau knew early on that somebody in the organization was working on Codebreaker, uh, and who knows, maybe he encouraged it. My favorite part of the Lunau excuse was, "Yeah, an intern sent me an email that said he was working on this project with an Excel spreadsheet, but I didn't read to the bottom of it." Guy, he said in that article <laughs> multiple times, "What?" That they sent him like Excel spreadsheets. He, one he one comment was like, "Yeah, I didn't click on that tab." Like uh, Lunau, you don't read the full emails and you don't click on certain tabs. I don't believe my, my dad at five years old would have called me a little liar. Like, what are you? Are you out of your mind? This is I thought Lunau's comments made him act like the biggest liar of all time. He said he didn't click on a tab or didn't read the entire email. How do you say that? How do you say that guy? Well, especially, John, when the MO of your organization is not ah, we're just some old school scouts, just eyeball tested. It's like. <laughs> No, the way we do it is we scrape every inch of data that exists. That's our thing, right? I didn't read the whole email. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I'd forgotten about that part. I, I don't know if I've ever read like a super high level, like that level of an excuse. Like, come on, bro. That no one believes you. Like, nobody believes you. You didn't read the whole email? One was like the tabs, you know, were like... Uh, I don't even know. I'm just going to guess like starters, uh, shifts, like all the different things. And it was like code breakers. Like, yeah, just, I skipped that tab. It, it, it sounded shady. I think he said, he said something like that. I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? This is, well, that's not an excuse by the way. I do think like you read enough. How do these guys ever get back into baseball? Like I, is Lunau hireable after this? Even no, he though can't. I, I don't think he'll, uh, I mean, look, I mean, it's easy to moan. I'd be, It'd be hard for me to hire him as, a, did, as my did, GM. Did you watch the sit-down with Verducci and A.J. Hinch? I watched some of it, yeah. He took a bat to the, uh, to the apparatus where they were stealing. Did you see that part? He kind of he called himself, like, you know, basically said, I was kind of, I pushed out a little bit. I should have just held a team meeting and not allowed this to go on. It really pissed me off, so I took a bat and I broke all the stuff, which is pretty funny. If there was video of him taking the bat to the thing in the hallway where the video was. That's what I thought he was saying. And then but, they, cl- yeah, but they no, no, you're right. That is up. what he was saying. 
Yeah, but but this but that also indicates that it was just a player driven thing that it didn't come from the front office in any way, which is not what the New York Times article. Yeah, but I think his point was just the whole deal. I, I don't know if he was trying to like not take responsibility. He knew what was going on and just bothered by it, right? He just like this is this is outrageous. This is yeah. This is not right. You know, it's just one of those things. If you're a leader, this is not right. And didn't the players weren't the players quoted like, yeah, if he just would have told us to stop, we would have stopped. Like, okay, guys, <laughs> yeah, you guys were. I. How is this? How are they not going to get in a ton of fights this year? Because we've talked about this before. When you get immunity, like in in uh, in the court system. Especially if you if you flip on like a boss, right, or someone, if there's violence involved, like mob, they put you away, like they put you in witness protection pro. They hide you. These guys are not being hidden, guy. They're just they're there. And these players, like every once in a while, I'll just see on my Twitter timeline a player will just get retweeted, like a Doolittle or someone just like this is this is bullshit. You know, players, especially the pitchers who control the throwing of the foot, the the baseball right on the pitch. I think they're going to come after these guys, man. A lot. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to hit them that much, but I think they're going to talk a lot of shit to them. And I think what will happen then is, are you saying you think the guys are going to throw at their heads? Or are you well, just saying? I, I thought that, and then uh, my my scouting lunch in Miami with the Tampa Bay Rays guy, one of their one of their scouts, he he thought he. I think he thought like you, like he didn't think that was going to happen. The one thing he did think, though, is like in blowout games, like a, you just got to keep your head on a swivel. Like in a 10-1 game, that's where like you just bring in a guy like say, fuck it. Especially yeah. in the division. So like if it's Seattle or the A's or the Rangers think that you've been screwing with them, it's like, well, bam. <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, it's like so, the seventh of like a 12-1 game. You just blast Altuve like in the, in the head. I, I think... I'd be a little surprised just because you do get fined. Like, you do get suspended for that stuff, right? So you have to kind of put your money where your mouth – like, you as a guy, like, you got to put up your money for – maybe everyone else pays your Do fine. you, though, if just but, a random I, bean batter in, like, the seventh inning of a blowout game, you get fined? Well, I mean, if it's if, – yeah, I mean, you get away with it, then okay. But if it's what everybody's doing, then you're not going to get away with it. Um, but I do think what's going to happen is if that starts happening, then I think – what would be an interesting dynamic is then like Bregman and Altuve and all those guys, if everyone's taking shots at them, like they're, they'll have their tail and their legs between their legs for a little bit, but then they're going to start talking back. Like that's only natural. Like you're making me the enemy. Fine. Like I, I'm getting dragged through the mud here. I'm not just going to sit here and take it. So it could make it kind of interesting. I right? know. I think because it's be box you albums. strike them out, you start yelling at them. Well, what happens when they hit a bomb? Like they're, are they going to just for, for the whole year? Just, just me, just my humility. I'm just going to trot around the bag. Like, no, not when you're talking shit. It's not a two-week season. It's months. So they're only going to take it for so long before they're like, enough. we're going to stand up for ourselves. Whether you think they're right or wrong, they are going to stand up for themselves at some point. Like, they're going to start the year being humble, taking it, because that's what they got to do. They didn't get suspended. The fans are going to be on them. Other guys will be talking shit. So they're going to take it for a little bit, John. But then I think they're going to be like, are we just supposed to sit here and let you just Blasters? spit in our faces in yeah. perpetuity? No. Like, we're gonna say something, and I do think at the end of the day they're pretty good players. So I do think like I do think they're gonna hit bombs, and they are gonna. Well, it just, could get it could get weird, but no, I think they're good players. So I, well, I no, think I do too. But what what guy? If we're like halfway through and all of them, their numbers are dramatically down. Yeah, I, I won't draw an immediate correlation just to because I do think it's gonna be a pretty just emotionally 
tough year for them. Let's so say I think that's all, let's say all their potential. core guys hit like nine home runs. <laughs> like this yeah, year. I like I do think they're just really good players. But <laughs> you agree if like Altuve hits six home will, runs, yeah, people are going to reach that conclusion for sure. And I get it. I mean, I it's definitely going to be a part of it if that's what's happening. I I think if they each hit thirty five home runs, yeah, then nothing. But I think it'll get to like not nothing. Like they're going to kind of they're going to get their swag back. Right? Oh yeah, like, because you guys, you think we just had to do this to cheat. Yeah, and who's their manager? Like, what Dusty doesn't give a shit. Like, Dusty's like, I didn't do this. He's kind no, of a shit talker, swagged is, out guy. Yeah, you're right. I, honestly, I like, think this could be the best thing. Plus, to happen it'll make in Dusty baseball. look great if that's what happens. How often, like, if you're just, hey man, flip to a MLB net, you got Chapman facing Altuve, or you know, just weird shit happening. You know, it's just it is good. It, I, I'm gonna be keeping an eye. It's a great call, John. Them being good. Not the best team in baseball by 10 games like they have been before, but them being pretty competitive is going to be really good for the sport this year, if, if that's what happens. Yeah. I, like, I, really good for the I sport. I think it's really good for them to make the playoffs. Totally. I'll, I'll watch. I mean, yeah. everyone's going to be. I think Code gonna, breaker. <laughs> code breaker. What, what was uh, oh, the deflator? I Sh- saw somebody Shmolinsky. say, like, you know, uh, it, Carlos Delgado used to – used to keep a notebook full of, like, every sign. I'm like, yeah, that's different. That's not the same thing. That's Carlos Delgado by hand. Somebody had a good response. Like, it's a difference between taking a math test when you're allowed to use a calculator and you're not. It's two different things. Well, didn't, like, Greg Maddox or Kurt Schilling, they had, like, notebooks on hitters? Like, that's you're allowed to do that. It's, like, part of your But craft. it was, like, Delgado, maybe Delgado would watch the game back and then, like, log everybody's signs, whatever. But, but he, that's fine. Like, but that's, what, it's but not what, an algorithm guy, on Excel spr- yeah, when he's hitting, he doesn't know what they're putting down. Right? He, I, maybe when he was like at second base, I don't know how what what the exact purpose of it was, but to me, like you can watch you can watch tape after a game and log whatever you want to log. Like I don't care. You blame it's part of the deal. You, uh, you, what do you think about? I guess this is a different story, but I did say Justin Turner. He. Oh, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that. Uh, okay. Okay. I'll get to that in headlines here. Um. So I I, I am excited for the Houston Astros. Just this story. This is a story. These are the type stories, like the NBA stories jumped the shark a long time ago. I still love a good controversial cheat story. You know, I, I like the react, like the other night, I guess it did it happen last night or Friday night, Dame's shot got, it was Friday night, goaltended, would have won the yeah. game or tied the game. It was a clear goaltend off the backboard, they'd say, fucking clean block, and he just freaks out, he talks a bunch of right. shit, he goes nuts, they actually don't end up finding him. Like, I, I like stuff like that. Like this cheating yeah. thing, like on this is good, but now I, I like the repercussions. You know, like what yes. happens? Because like part of what well, made Lance Armstrong and A Rod is like, well, you realize they don't just go away. So once they kind of get caught, then they wear it. But then they also got to like, well, they did put a lot of people like out of house and home by suing them. It just gets weirder. Well, it's a better story that they didn't get suspended, right? That the players. Like, baseball's better because these guys are on the field opening day, and that's the story as opposed to they're out of the league. Well, yeah, it's like Altuve's out, and who's their second baseman? Uh, Haberman from the double-A they had to bring up. You're like, who cares? Right. You know? Exactly. (laughs) I'm with you. You're you're 100% right. Leaving them in the game makes it more interesting. I'm pretty fired up for baseball now that we just talked about this. I am, too. I want to watch their game. I want to watch the first game. Do you think anything spring training they get blasted, or do you wait till the real games? Uh, Yeah. You get suspended in spring training, though? Might be less rules, right? That's a good question. But but to me, like, is, is some guy trying to make the team? Maybe that's your way to make the team. 
It's like my ERA was eight, but remember when I ear holed Altuve? You agree if like the first two pre spring training games and like seven guys have been hit, it's on. Like baseball's yeah, gonna have to do something. Yeah, that would be something. a red flag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, hey, fellas, sorry, I, I, can't I, protect you I, out I there. I honestly think you and talking to the guy in the big leagues and just all these people that even when I tweeted it out one time, people thought no way. I think, guy, they are gonna get belted. I really do. Just I. I no, I'm not saying they won't get. I just, but to me, it's not going to be. You can only do so much of that. I would agree, but I, I think early on, I and I, but I think every team's going to want their shot and just going to want to hit a guy. Yeah, they, that's just baseball. They, they just want to hit guys anyway. They feel they think these guys ruined people's li- livelihoods. They did with the buzzer and the code breaker. Well, yeah. That's what everyone always says. Like, I know. It's okay. like, yeah, I mean, the, the, the dude was a, one world. The, the dude was some a dude fr- like yeah, working fringe. as a high school coach <laughs> yeah, now yeah. because of you guys. Uh, all right, John, you want to get some headlines? Yeah, fire. Good time. Four. So this is uh, the ESPN college basketball theme from, like, 1994. You were up in the production game. This fired me up. Yeah, just, you know, post-Super Bowl, you had to just mix it up a little bit. Why don't you start? You mentioned Justin Turner. What do well, you got? Justin Turner, the funniest part about that is he blamed the reporters for the treatment, you know, of, of tweeting about all these trades that aren't actually happening, and... Then John Heyman quoted it talking about like the Astros. Kind of came, it had nothing to do with what Turner was saying. The Twitter exchange is brilliant. And then Justin Turner's like, "Bro, what are you talking about? I'm not even talking about that." It was just it was funny. Turner blaming the reporters though. The reporters had nothing to do with this trade debacle, right? Nothing. They just reported no. what the GMs were telling them. <laughs> and also, like, I, look, everybody's human, and it's totally legit for players to be. You know, when you're caught in limbo, angry by the situation that you're stuck in, and the situation is stupid. Like, especially because uh, Rosenthal reported on Sunday morning or Saturday night, maybe, that maybe part of this is there's been so much public blowback on the Red Sox. Like, did they do a fake red flag on a uh, um, physical? The guy, the guy has been ownership. Injured, yeah, but I'm just like, does ownership think that the the Trade pack what they get sucks. back wasn't good enough, and so like it's just it's just stupid. But that said, I the whole thing about like there are a lot you know people are miserable right now, families are in limbo. Like that's all legit, but that's not a reason. Like it's good for the sport when there's stuff that's getting reported and rumors, and like that's all part of the deal. And some of that is at the expense of you know the emotional uh, uh, security of some families. Unfortunately, but it's you know I think like Jock Peterson's been it's a double whammy for Jock. You they, see this? Do you, like, th- do, you Jock, think, do you think that's why he's mad because this guy is kind of getting fucked with? I wouldn't be surprised, but Jock, it's a double whammy because Jock had to go to arbitration, and the Dodgers and the Players Association asked to delay the arbitration hearing till after the trade, and they said no. I thought so he Jock lost. Went to arbitration with the Dodgers and lost the arbitration. Then but like the thing them. was like just wait till he's on the Angels and then do it. Yeah. Okay, that makes Which, again, whatever. But 
But again, I would say to Justin Turner, the trade happened. Like, what, what are they just... It happened, and then it fell through. What? The reporters, the trade happened, and then it fell through. Should, are they not supposed to report it fell through? I don't even get his point. Well, like, he doesn't want it to be announced. He doesn't want it to be reported. He just wants the trade to be announced when it's official, and the trade isn't official. Yeah, so but ju- that's not... Justin, that's, shut up. Just, trying to put, he's trying to put Woj out of work? Well, I, exactly. I also think, like, bro, you just... Woj out of work. You, you just fleece the Red Sox. Just... Just keep quiet. Now, you're right. I didn't even think about it. I wonder if Jocks is, like, he likes him, right? And he's good. And, he, you know, he got part of getting Mookie Betts is kicking Jocks with curb. Just the but Jocks not even moving. Yeah, but kind of. I mean, it is how it's far away. LA trade. <laughs> how far away is Angel Stadium? Orange from, County, I guess. Yeah, so it's, it's a Orange trick. County. So it's, yeah, it's an hour. Yeah. Or so, more uh, traffic. Uh, all right, you went to Pebble Beach at the uh, Pro-Am on Saturday, John. Give me some Pebble Beach uh, Pro-Am observations. Ran into a couple listeners. Uh, you got some promo code hams? You got a couple promo code hams. Got another one like, hey, bro, are you on the radio? And I was like, well, podcast now. And then they realized who I was. But, you know, you get that a lot. You know, I, you know, for as much as our younger, we are the show for the millennials. This guy was probably, you know, mid to late 40s. You know, they, their transition's a little slower. So, you know, I just said, hey, listen to the podcast. We like the show. Uh wasn't I, I've got, been called Haberman before, like Haberman. You know, sometimes if, if I'm wearing a hat, you know, they just know one of them. Uh, yeah. ra- ran into, I, I didn't talk to him. He was moving so fast, far away. Saw Pat Hill. Uh, I I went with. Tell me about the golf though. Tell me about the event. Matt Ryan. I watched Matt Ryan a couple holes. He was playing with Carlton. Carlton hit one in the water. You know. Uh, Who? Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah Carl, Carl. you know, the left playing golf. Alfonso Ribeiro? Yeah, you know, hole four and six, 17, right? The par three and then that short yeah. par four that are kind of like yep. uh, perpendicular to each other. So on the perpendicular hole, where the pros hit back, right, when the tees are back, it's right next to where the par three is. But the, you realize when you have the pro-am, like Condoleezza Rice ain't playing where Dustin Johnson's teed off. She's walking up 120 yards to her tees on every hole. You're like, God, this course isn't that hard for where she's playing. And and I think Carlton like Carlton hit in the water. Then we're walking ahead of Matt Ryan trying to cross, and the whole right of the fairway. Is they, water. Yeah, they had to hold everyone back because Matt Ryan was trying to drive the green. Everyone's like, Matt, just hit the fucking ball, right? Because there's people on the green. Of course, Matt sprays it into the water. Now, Matt, <laughs> the one thing you see with Matt, he is big guy. Like you're just standing next to him. He's six five. Looks like a golfer. And then I just drank. I really didn't watch any golf. I just went to this thing on the sixth hole, which I would say if you go to Pebble, one of these events, that stretch of the sixth hole is where U.S. Open, this is where the other action is. A lot of food, a lot of, there's like, uh, there was like an open tent uh, where any, you didn't even need a special pass, which is alcohol, tequila set up, a lot of food. It's really cool. It was just, it's again, not as much golf watching, I felt like, at this one. Maybe maybe celebrity watching, like you follow Aaron Rodgers or something. Or mm-hmm. Matt Ryan guy, no one was following him. You know, I think a lot of people follow Aaron Rodgers. Matt Ryan, yeah. you could just be standing next to him. I wanted to be like, hey, what do you think of uh, Kyle Shanahan? You know, just have a question, but I was like, I don't want to bother him. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was a uh, good time. Like a TMZ report? Yeah, just, you know, get in a quick question. Or uh, uh, My thing is always this, but you always make fun of me. I wanted to be like, Matt, I really respect your game. You know, not, like I, I enjoy watching you play. I just say that because I do think if you're a player, it's no different than when someone says, hey, hey, Middlecoff, love the podcast. You're like, oh, yeah. you know, I, I get he's a 
50 million times higher level. NFL starting quarterback, made hundreds of millions of dollars. But I do think, like, if I run into Garth Brooks, like, Garth, I love your music. Like, I do think that means something to some people. Yeah, okay. Like, hey, hey, Matt, because it would be hard for me to explain really fast. Matt, pick of the stick. I know we only got, like, a minute here. Pick of the stick. I was on the sideline. I didn't think you were that good. I watched you that drive. I've never looked at you the same because now I view you way better. The the drive you led this year to beat the Niners. Big fan. Keep grinding. Root for the Falcons kind of because of you. But you know what he would hear is, who the hell are you to say you didn't think I was that good? That's see, but, what you but see, I, I think that's your mind. I think a lot of people, if you're a happy, positive person like Matt, no, what's happening? I think if somebody that you don't know says to you, you know, I used to think you no, sucked. No, I, I, I wouldn't. Wrong. I wouldn't have said that. I, I no, but, but I, if that's the spirit of what you're saying, no, what I would have, I, I would have not gone with that tactic. I would have gone with, I was on the field for the pick of the stick. And I know it ended shitty for you, but I swear to God, Matt, you drove that whole field. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. And then I've watched That's your good. career. That'd I've be been good. a big fan. I Obviously, I root for Kyle. I know Kyle took, like, that MVP year was awesome. I watched you this year, that game winner to Julio. How about that one? You dropped one of those. Like, how about that pass, Matt? You know, like, yeah, how about that? You just get, you just kind of get the conversation flowing. Because I, I, I was, honestly, guy, I was for about a whole. You probably could have. I'm pretty talkative, but it's just, it was one of those where, He'd get close, but then he could, he'd always have, like, the one thing golfers always have with the ropes is the fairway. So you just get back to the fairway and you you separate oh, yeah. yourself. Get away from You people. know, but the thing with a guy like Matt Ryan or Rod- Rogers, hit it into the tent on hole six. But he's playing 14. So he had to come to the tent, hit it over the tent to get it back onto the hole. Like, they do spray it, like, legit spray it, like, a normal, like, like normal golfers. So you can right. you can catch them just in unique spots where like <laughs> J- Dustin Johnson isn't out of the fairway that often, right? Where those guys are just always in the rough. Was the rough pretty high? Like it was? No, I mean it looked it looked pretty normal. I mean the guy I I think some random guy won in like minus nineteen. So it's what won the U.S. Open? It wasn't who even? Oh, Gary Woodland minus ten. Yeah. Um, how about Russell Wilson's new look? Huh? What do you think? Could, I mean, you, could uh, you do that? Could I do that? Like, is that possible, or do you need a special type hair to do that? Uh, well, I wouldn't have guessed his hair could do it, so yeah, I think it's possible. I, I saw mean, a lot of product, a lot of product in his hair. <laughs> I saw Lefko had a good, good tweet. He's like, when did Russell Wilson oh, turn so into John Stamos? Like, <laughs> That's the one that set it off. <laughs> he was right, though, because you look, you're like, that is incredible strands of hair. How did he then do it? Then somebody else did a thing where they took his like photo from just like you know seven years ago or whatever it was and i'd forgotten about taking everybody to miami that must have been what it was because he's in G- like baggy oh, oh, it, it was hawaii air maxes it was a retreat what did I say? he said miami it was the retreat oh. it was like richard but sherman it, it was the retreat but he's wearing baggy jeans air maxes and a hawaiian shirt and just looking you know kind of goofy yeah just a goofy guy yeah just a guy that's not even thinking about it He's you know? thinking about it now, guy. He's really thinking about it. I, I'll, I'll do God. this. I feel like Lefko and you, like, I, I think they're very playful making fun of him, but ultimately it is some making fun of him. As a bald guy who only has hair in places I don't really want it on my body, not on my head, I can't hate. Like, I, I mean, that's his hair looked good. I mean, it, was, it did have some John Stamos, Brad Pitt feel to it. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was incredible, guy. I mean, I, I what, what are you, people making fun of him why? Because they're jealous. Well, I th- I don't think it was just the hair. It was the whole like the no, complete outfit. I agree. What was that for? I do not know. A, a gala? I like a, I think I saw like a Tom Ford, which is a designer, like as the backdrop. So maybe there may there must have been some event gala. 
Yeah, he's just so. running. He's running in circles that I don't even think he quite envisioned five years ago. Right? Uh, no question. And that's he was already an NFL superstar quarterback. I mean, so he's. Would you say as Bra- when Brady ever retires, Rogers kind of falling off a cliff. Mahomes is going to be a little more blue collar for a while. Just he's younger and a little. Now it could change, I guess, with money. Don't you think this guy is kind of just going to be the kind of Brady? You remember when Brady, around like 30 years old, kind of went Uggs? Like, I think Russell's kind of going into this new stratosphere of mm-hmm. almost just like you put him on People Magazine right next to like uh, the the couple that left the royal family. He feel, he fits right in. Like that picture. You just What, what picture do you want to show? The royal family or Russell Wilson CR? Like you could flip a coin. I, I, he would never have been there with the with the jeans and the and the Andy Reid shirt and no. Uh, what are Pete Carroll's shoes? The Von the, Zippers, uh, monarchs. The, the monarchs. Yeah, yeah the monarchs. Didn't it feel like Russell Wilson used to wear monarchs? <laughs> he was on the track. If he wasn't, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he was definitely on a monarch track. He ain't wearing monarchs anymore, guy. Something's happened, John, uh, and it led to one of the uh, pieces of uh, news this weekend, which was Michael Irvin saying that the Cowboys could pursue Tom Brady as uh, as more and more people have gotten into the uh, um, reporting business it became acceptable instead of saying according to two sources according to a source according to anonymous source it then became acceptable to say one thing I'm hearing is and as I look back now one thing that's happened since I'm hearing quote unquote became an acceptable way to report something is that there are other times when you literally just heard something, you're not reporting it, it's like you might have heard it on the radio. And you say, you know, one thing I heard was, and I don't know if you heard it on the radio or if you heard it from a source. So when Michael Irvin says that some very significant people told him the Cowboys could pursue Tom Brady, he then has to come back and say, it wasn't Jerry, I didn't say in the organization, I just said significant people. My thought was like, did Irvin just chat with rap sheet at the super bowl did Irvin just talk to an agent at the super you just had a party drinking drinks with russell wilson and ciara somebody just told him that significant people who would know or like john Tri- like adam sandler significant people like well, what, what are we talking about here? here i think this would be the words of wisdom when you're trying to figure out if something's true or not reporters like rap sheet Schefter, Woj, jeff passan they do normal reports Everyone else to me is just, you don't know, right? If I'm hearing, like, I don't hold Michael Irvin to the standard that I do of, like, Adam Schefter. Of so course. I, yeah. So I'm taking it with a grain of salt. I actually My grain think, of salt, John, is, did it get said on Sports Talk Radio? Because if you're, like, a Sports Talk guest and you say it, then I'm like, all right, that's grain of salt. And well, I mean that. That's not a cheap shot. I mean th- that's- that happens a lot, right? Because you bring on a Michael Irvin or Kurt Warner or whoever, and they get, Kurt Warner probably a bad example, but a Michael Irvin type guy, they get worked up talking about something and you go, well, he is credible. Like he definitely talks to Jerry Jones. Like it's not, that's where I think this gets murky, right? You're like, well, he might yeah. know, <laughs> you know, like if, if Steve Young says something like here in the Niners and something crazy is about to happen, you wouldn't think he's just pulling that out of his ass, right? You're like, whoa, what's going right. to happen? So I, I, I think there is some credibility there. I also think he probably heard it from someone how many stories do you think Michael Irvin's heard in his life? Just stories, right? A lot. I, I don't think he's just randomly probably throwing a Hail Mary there, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying hearing, he has any concrete information. They will pursue him is different than 
they want Tom Brady. It did make me think if Tom Brady were to leave the Patriots and Dallas was an option, how would he not go to the Dallas Cowboys? McCarthy, ready to win. They're just the, the, the freaking – like Andrew Wiggins walking into Chase Center like, this is awesome. They're the Cowboys. You're playing on the star on the side of your helmet. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty badass. You think the Cowboys would get some uh, ratings? Brady meets the Cowboys? It'd be like – I don't even know. It'd be like... No, I, pr- I pray to God that that happened. That'd be insane. It'd, it'd, it'd be nuts. It'd have been like Barry Bonds in the peak of the steroid era like ends up on the Yankees. I mean, it kind of did. Like Alex Rodriguez. It was just... It's a, it'd be the biggest NFL story. Do you think... I, I was thinking about this. Do you think Tom Brady is the most famous NFL player ever? Because I was thinking like... People like, you know... OJ Simpson? The, yeah, not... not I'm, I'm just talking for his play. Right, like stardom. Uh, I mean, Montana's pretty big. Good question. But part of it's just the internet, the modern era. Just like yeah, just being able, just cute, just being able to identify the guy's face. Yeah, yeah just, I'm just saying. You say Tom Brady. I, I think for an NFL star, because they always say like, well, NBA stars are international, and it's true. Tiger Woods worldwide. I think Tom Brady for is is about as big as you can get as an NFL star, right? Whatever his cap yeah, I think is, you might be right about that. So, because I think one of the things, like, does he, you know, if he needs to take a step for his brand, go to L.A., like, I don't know if Tom Brady's brand is Tom Like, Tom Brady's no, brand is huge. You could go to Cleveland. Then, <laughs> yeah, you'd be fine. But if you went to the Cowboys, because then you'd really have, like, I, I do think he's got the West Coast, he's got the East Coast. I would imagine he's a little lukewarm in the South. Obviously, people know him, but it's not. If you went to the Cowboys, I feel like the South would kind of embrace Tom. And then he'd get, like, an approval rating of, like, again, West Coast, we think he's the GOAT. The Northeast, even though like the Jets and the Bills, they like, hate him, but they all respect him. The Dolphins, the NFC East. I think the South would be like, God, Tom Brady. And he would just have a universal approval rating. Unless it was a failure, then it would be a disaster for his brand. Because <laughs> if you were going to fail, you'd rather be like, go to the Browns and fail. We're knowing then people would stop paying attention early. But if you fail to the Cowboys, mm. we, we'd watch But I don't, see, I don't think there's such a thing in the NFL. Because the, the Browns failed, and Baker Mayfield's a story for failing in Cleveland. I know. There's no failing under the radar in the NFL. You got a headline? Uh, no, that's it. You had one on Andy Reid. Uh, just about like, do you think that Andy Reid has it, has there been a coach in recent memory, any sport, win a title and feel just like the entire sports land? I mean, guy, LeBron James. I don't know if he's maybe he's met Andy before, but I doubt it. <laughs> Tweeted so happy for Andy Reid. Like I, I, and I'm just saying that's kind of symbolic of the people that actually know him. His approval rating of happiness ar- around sports can it get any higher? Of just people like you know what? I'm glad that happened for the guy. It doesn't happen that often, right? People are like, oh, Steve Kerr, how lucky is this sob? Yeah, <laughs> type deal. Well, I would say it's not. It's these are not on the same level. I think the last two teams to win the. Uh, when when well, I guess the last two when Jay Wright won the title at Villanova the first time, that's a good one. And then Tony Bennett, I think people felt especially because Virginia had been beaten as a 16-1 the year before. But that's not this. I mean, Andy's much bigger. Yeah, like you said this to me before, before the podcast, and you're you're right. It's hard to even imagine like what happened to all the people who were arguing against Andy as a Hall of Famer. I don't even know how many people there were. I can't even identify any of them anymore. So maybe it was all a figment. figment. Of our imagination, Fig Newton, but a Fig Newton, but really, I think you know what you know. I think it was looking back. I think it was he got a lot of criticism in Philly. There was always the clock management stuff, 
And then that just kind of got pushed as if it was people arguing that he's not a Hall of Famer. But we there really wasn't that long period of time where we argued about Andy Reid a Hall of Famer. There was just, ah, you know, I think he's a Hall of Famer. And then, boom, we won a Super Bowl. Yeah, like, ah, yeah I guess he is. I, I think, though, what made Philly unique was five or six. Might have only been five. Might have been, I think it was five. Made five conference championship games. So, a thir- like, every three seasons, you coach 14, five, maybe it was six. Yeah, that's a lot of coming up short. Right. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not. It's one thing to lose in the first round. Like he's losing in the. So you're going into the NFC Championship game, going. We are 120 minutes away from being Super Bowl champions. A team that had never won a Super Bowl. That's a huge NFL market. It was just the kind of the perfect storm. You're right. Like it, he got unfairly kind of pigeonholed as if you just watch what he did in Kansas City. Let's say he had never coached in Philly. He had just been like this big burly coordinator, offensive line coach. Finally got a shot in Kansas City. Wouldn't we be talking about Andy Reid now seven years into it? Like, he's like the best coach in the league, you know? How did yeah. this guy not get a shot? You know, just seven years. They, they His worst season there is nine and seven. Playoff wins, Super Bowl. You'd be like, fuck, this Andy Reid guy. How, it's crazy he had to wait so long, right? He took him until he was 50 to get a shot. It'd be nuts. I got one more headline, then we got to get out of here. Okay. Uh, the... As long as I've been doing sports talk, the early days of sports talk, John, when I say early days, I mean my early days. So like, oh, five, oh, four, oh, seven, don't oh, eight, Don't oh, ever nine, forget, ten. kids, he started in the gutter, in the mud, worked his way up. There, there was a, it used to be when sports talk radio depended on, we're going to open up the phones, we're going to talk to you, especially in like May, that every year you just flip on sports talk, someone be debating whether or not Pete Rose belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't feel like that's quite as much as just like a topic anymore like it used to be. I don't know if you feel that way or if <laughs> no. you guys Well, well ba- that way. baseball doesn't get consumed like it once did. So I just got to get my take out there on Pete just so you know where I stand, not that anyone's asking. I wouldn't I wouldn't um I wouldn't have a big objection if they decided to put him in the Hall of Fame. Pete's really making a push to get in the Hall here. But I if it were up to me and it making, was my making vote, making a push or just wrote a letter. Yeah, I mean, but there's just this yeah, constant yeah, yeah, churn yeah. to get him in. I agree. Um, if we're up to me, if it was like it comes down to Haberman, this is the vote. I would vote against him going into the Hall of Fame. Now more than ever, like the more and more and more everybody has to be hyper aware of gambling and sports. Going soft on the guy that you said is never going to get into your Hall of Fame because he gambled on the sport as long as he's living is not the message to send. But even beyond that, he gambled on his team as a manager. Says he didn't gamble as a player. The evidence shows he gambled as a player. He hasn't really been that contrite. I don't really feel a big push to like do him a solid. And um, a lifetime ban was what everybody knew the punishment was going to be before he gambled on the sport. It's pretty basic. So, again, I know I sound like I'd probably be pushing hard to keep him out. I don't particularly care. But if it were up to me, I wouldn't put him in. He knew what the punishment was going to be. He lied about it repeatedly. And again, now as we move forward, having the, the integrity of the sport is only more and more important because of gambling. Um, I wouldn't put him in. I wouldn't put him in. So this morning, uh, breakfast, where a friend of mine who I stayed with for Pebble Beach, her yeah. mo- her mother and some of her friends might have been there. And okay. they were eating breakfast this morning at their, uh, they, they may have a little vacation house, pretty nice. And the news is on. And Pete Rose comes on the ticker. They all say, like, 
it's time. I mean, they, they had all these takes. Like, you know what? Yeah. It's been a long time. He should get in. He served his time. What, what? This is so stupid. Why don't they just let the guy into the Hall of Fame? If you're, you know, 60 years plus years old, you grew up. He was like Tom Brady of American sports, right? How many bigger athletes were there than Pete Rose in the 70s, right? He was Charlie Hustle. Yeah. And, yeah, he had some nefarious dealings. I, I You said there's evidence that he gambled when he was a player? Yeah. I mean, if anyone's I think, gambling. I think real, either real sports or E60, somebody did a thing, and there's, like, betting slips. Yeah, I mean, I, if, if someone was going to bet on themselves, do you believe, here's my thing, do you honestly believe that he always bet on a team to win? Um, because if you're a true gambler and you go, if you're into sports and you're a coach, you're a fan, yeah. you, you we're all humans and you just know, especially in baseball, you go, my fifth starter sucks. <laughs> you would just, you'd, it'd be human to go like, oh, listen, I'm going to coach to win. This guy stinks. And if My bigger take on that is like, uh, not having not bet against your team is not a defense, but it's a great point by you. Like, but, but I'm just saying, put yourself in Pete, even if he's the most competitive yeah. guy ever. The way it's not like basketball, you're like, oh, I got Shaq and Kobe every game, or I got the Warriors. Like, you can change your starting pitching, and usually as it goes down the line, it gets worse. And you might be in a situation where we just use all our bullpen guys. I got to let our fifth starter, who's one of the worst players in baseball, go six, seven innings here. It could get ugly. It'd be no one would even say like, yeah, I just bet on this guy to lose. Not I wasn't going to try to lose the game. It was just a, it was an educated bet. That's how betting works. That's how betters work. You're like, this guy stinks. I'm going to bet against him. Right? That's that's the nature of it. I I would be shell shocked, guy, if at least in that scenario where a certain pitcher was going, and maybe you're facing. What years was he managing? Like the 80s? You were facing like fucking Catfish Hunter or whoever the hell was pitching back there. There was Nolan Ryan. You're like, we got John Middlecoff Jr. going against Nolan Ryan in the peak of his powers. <laughs> no one would fall Here's to the, Yeah, The one thing I would say is what you can't deny about him as a player is he did everything he possibly could do to win. So I could see him having a hard time just with his individual desire to win betting against his own team it's why some most i could see him just like he does it gamblers yeah he just does it because he just adds even more juice to the competition for himself so i could I, to me it's not unbelievable i don't believe i'm not saying every time that guy pitch i'm just saying what yeah, no, i'm no, saying no. one time bet against right. a shitty pitcher yeah it, w- it would be very understandable someone would be like dude why did you not do that ever? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Are you trying to make money or what are you doing? That's what I'm saying. And, I, and my argument would be, I don't, is he trying to make money or is he just trying to make money and really just needs the I juice? saw Francesa, whatever the list he's on, because he's not allowed in baseball parks, right? He yeah. can't He can't go to a game. I guess yeah. he he placed himself on that list. Like, was it his idea? Is that Does that sound right? <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't know. Because Francesa was like, no one remembers this. Remember, you know the craziest part about Pete Rose? is Paul Giamatti's dad was the guy he was dealing with. Think about that. Paul Giamatti's dad. I, I think that's one of the most underrated parts of baseball history. Paul Giamatti's dad was just... Bart? Com- is that, was, was, he, was he the commissioner of baseball at the time? Yeah. And then he randomly dies, right? Yeah, he has like a heart attack. R- right. Now, and I think him and Pete were in good graces, right? That was like they were friends. Like he thought that it was going to end maybe or something happened weird. I've heard Pete talk maybe. about Maybe. I mean, it. he wasn't the commissioner for long. So do you, like Paul Giamatti's a great actor. Did he kind of start on second base? You know, like do you diminish like a Kevin Harlan, dad, president of the Packers, Paul Giamatti, dad, power broker. Like, but then you become great on your own. 
should that diminish any that you started clearly? Like you had a, you had an advantage. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta delve more into uh, the play-by-play history. But I do think there are a lot of things that happened that I think most people in like media, it's hard to get a start in media if you just, if you gotta work, uh, you know, an eight-hour shift at McDonald's if you don't have a little bit of help. Yeah. Just because it's when you start, you're not making any money. I know, and you gotta, um, and you gotta consume. It's not the same thing, but. The hardest part yeah. about our job, guys, uh-huh. making time to watch all the games. <laughs> well you, said. You gotta On that you note, gotta we said this was going to be an hour podcast. You know, that's what we were aiming for. We didn't do it. But. Okay. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.